And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It's Sunday night again, Matt. You and I are here together with all of our fans. At least 22 of them so far are, uh, that I'm reading here on my end have already showed up to watch the show. And oh, oh, I got a feeling, Matt. I got a good feeling this will be a special <laughs> one. How are you? I'm going good. I'm really hoping people can actually hear us because I had a fuck of an issue with OBS this morning not wanting to uh pick up the audios and i couldn't hear myself through it like i usually can and i am kind of like deaf at the moment because i can't hear myself (laughs) i can hear you but can't hear myself but the bar's moving so i guess it's working Okay, Space Lord says he can hear you, so you can, yeah. you know, you you can unclench, you can put, uh, <laughs> c- c- can put yourself at ease. So every week, OBS decides, oh, we'll throw another curveball. If it's not this, it's something else. You know, Matt, I think you and I might be the last Skype holdouts ever. Like everyone else has moved to Discord and moved to Zoom and everything else, but it's like, no, we learned how to work it this way. <laughs> well, we can we can try Discord one. It, it, all I need is just like. Like, your audio's fine. I, I've got that covered with literally everything. It's your video. That's all yeah. I need to capture. I, I think the deal with Zoom is you get it, but you can only do 45 minutes free, and then mm-hmm. you got to pay, like, a monthly fee for it. But apparently the fee's probably better than Skype, and I think you're actually allowed to uh, customize it and actually do more <laughs> shit with it. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's time you and I will join the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> in 2021. In 2021. Uh, I mean, shit, if Zoom could come out of nowhere and literally eat Skype's lunch overnight, <laughs> there must surely be something to it, and not just because that became a catch-all for people to be able to see their relatives and shit. Yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah, people like it. It's easy to use. I know I've used it a couple of times. Hmm. I've used it once. I used it for the first time this week myself because I did a college radio interview and that's how the kid wanted to do it. So I'm like, all right, for you, I will get a Zoom account and we'll see how this goes. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Yeah, it is. So uh, I don't know about you, Matt, but I had a big week this week with shows and projects and actually <laughs> books. I read books that weren't uh, that didn't have pictures in it, that weren't of the comic variety. I got the Young Bucks uh, autobiography that I'd been waiting for a long time to read. And uh, over on the table, I have the new D&D book to uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. So I've actually been reading in between reading, which is my job. I've been doing recreational reading. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. How are the books? Books good. Uh, Tasha's is a bunch of new like subclass material and a lot of other mm-hmm. stuff for running games in D anD D. So don't be shocked if I steal stuff from that when I do the new capes and quests. Uh, <laughs> the Young Bucks book is fun too. Uh, I will admit I'm almost done, and I'm like that much left. And uh, I will admit that I did know a lot of their story already just because these guys did endless podcasts for fucking years where they basically told their origins over and over. It's uh, it's the little stuff. It's their home life stuff that I thought was actually the most interesting. Oh, that's cool. And them confirming stuff that fans knew for years. Also, too, I have to wonder at what point the book was read and proofread because there was a big, like, you know, uh, outing of sex abusers in the wrestling industry. (laughs) And there's, like, three or four people where they're like, oh, and they were there for our career. And, oh, and this is our friend there. I kept waiting for the little Amanda, who we found out later was actually a huge sex predator, and we're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
I truly wonder. Uh, and another thing I did, and something I'm sure you're going to find uh, quite interesting, I didn't finish my Gundam yet, but I finished the torso of it. The torso. I, the torso. Man, it's it's smaller than I thought. I did the headpiece last night, and the head... I, I think is the real make or break it for Gundaming because I didn't realize how freaking big and sausagey my fingers are trying to work the little eyepiece into the shaft. Yeah, was it, um, yeah, that's like the, it's like the little eyepiece that you put the little face mask over the yes. top and then you've got to put like the little sticker with the eyes on it, which is always the, the hardest part. I have not done the sticker part yet. I was waiting for it to be finished before I did the actual stickering, but uh, yeah, okay. I... It's pretty good, you know, again, it's fun stuff. Obviously, I'm still trying to work out the exact uh, strength of my little clippers because I know I would clip it too hard and then the piece would fly and I'd have to go <laughs> find it. But yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I'll definitely finish it. I'm enjoying it. There's definitely something cool and cathartic about starting with a bunch of unrelated pieces and then they eventually come together into something. Yeah, you, next you've got to upgrade to an MG kit, which is a bigger bigger kit because they're a little bit easier to work with. A bit yeah. big bigger bits and everything and um yeah it's just it's a bit better i find them because i imagine the kit you did was a was an hg it was either an hg or an rg if it's a small one it's an rg it's whatever baby's first gundam was so (laughs) i'm sure that's exactly what it was and yeah you're right i'm sure if i moved up to just one of the bigger models in general i wouldn't have uh, all the same problems fumbling Mm -hmm. with little teeny tiny pieces yeah yeah, it's fun. It's good shit. Uh, also watched a lot of TV this week. Uh, I took in that Animaniacs reboot. I haven't watched all of it yet, but I've watched like the first four episodes. I haven't watched it because it's not available anywhere here. Ah, that sucks. It's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's great, but they definitely get some good bits in there. I I will say I am genuinely shocked at how much I missed a bunch of the side characters like mm-hmm. Slappy Squirrel and the Good Feathers and Chicken Boo, who are who are not in the show. Mm-hmm. It's just the Warner Brothers, Warner Sister, and Pinky and the Brain. That's all you get. Okay. To where I'm like, all right, fair enough. Also, I, I know you and I had this conversation before where I'm like, well, you know, Animaniacs was like an educational show. It like actually tried to teach you things, mm-hmm. as did most shows at the time. Yeah, they don't teach shit anymore. In fact, that is an on-running joke that I quite enjoy, that every minute it seems like they're about to teach you something, they swerve and don't do it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's a pretty funny bit. Uh, it's nice that they got all the original voices back. Rob Paulson sounds exactly like he did 22 years ago oh, as, uh, as Yakko. Uh, Tress McNeil sounds a lot older as Dot, and Jess Harnell sounds like he has injured his voice many times since he did, uh, Wacko back in the day. hmm But all in all, pretty solid. Nice, nice. Yeah. What, uh, what about you, Matt? What were you up to? Um, I've been watching a lot of TV as well. I, I caught the, the finale, the, the, the series finale of Supernatural, finished oh, up yeah. after 15 ep- uh, seasons. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it, 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 people were really angry with the ending, and I like personally really enjoy it. I thought it was very fitting how it ended, but also I know uh, it was affected by COVID, so they could mm. only do what they could. Uh, I, I imagine there was probably something a lot bigger planned. Uh, oh, it had COVID not struck. I thought you were going to say they beat COVID at the end. That that's how <laughs> the series ended. <laughs> 
and the greatest supernatural threat was actually COVID, but don't worry, the Winchesters took care of it. <laughs> now that's a fucking ending, the show that takes credit for ending coronavirus. <laughs> that would be funny. I've been watching uh, the new Law & Order SVU, and that's finally like caught up to it, too, where they had like a whole episode about, like, oh, we gotta wear masks, and everyone's like washing their hands and doing everything in the background. And then they're like, okay, so we got to deal with that, and we also got to deal with the fact that everyone hates the NYPD now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty fucking great, because Stabler is coming back this season, and I'm very interested to see how they're going to work that in. Because the last <laughs> two episodes have been like, oh, you know, people are so sick of cops, you know, abusing the law, and going off and doing whatever they want. And uh, Olivia's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we really got to stop that. I'm like, lady, how many times did you do that? How many times did Stabler do that? And then it's like, wait... Is that where the show's actually going with it? Saying, you know, I learned it from watching you, Stabler. You're the problem. <laughs> I guess they can't do that because he's also getting a spinoff soon. So that would be a hard, a hard right turn to give him a spinoff. <laughs> yes, I, Stabler, am what is wrong with policing. Now, also, please watch my spinoff where I fight <laughs> organized crime, I guess. Yeah, I'm actually interested in that um, that spinoff. And it's probably something I might actually watch. I haven't watched Law and Order in Years. years i didn't want i didn't watch it for years either because it was like you know once uh stabler was gone i'm like oh well it's like breaking up a family it can never be good again and then like when john munch left it too and i'm like oh well then it'll never be good again because you know bells are so important but then i mm -hmm. caught a couple episodes on television i'm like no it's actually staying very good even when they change the cast and everything it's still pretty good yeah i i keep seeing like like clips and everything and it looks pretty good and you get the odd episode like that goddamn uh gamer episode oh yes that, that's which, just amazing which yes very very silly but also weirdly endearing when you find out that ice tea is like the voice of good gamers <laughs> in the world and i'm like that's fine i'm okay with that that he's the guy who actually plays video games of the cops and knows what's <laughs> up also I, f I forget what paul it was if it was logan paul or the other paul but one of them played like the yeah. militant villains in that one yeah yeah and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, if you just want to combine everything that's bad into one episode, here you go. <laughs> uh, those gamers tried to rise up, but they couldn't. They, 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 they found we lived in a society. <laughs> literally, literally they did. <laughs> God, that shit's never not funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ice-T was in Gears of War 3. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, too, that... Uh, he would be the major game guy. And, obviously, the Def Jam video games and everything mm -hmm. else. Ice-T has been in plenty of video games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else with uh, you, Matt? Anything else new you got going on? Um, no, I've just been playing, you know, Miles Morales, Demon Souls, nice. Valhalla. Man, you got all the big uh, Christmas video games right now. Everything, <laughs> I guess, but uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, well, we got that coming out, hopefully. I think it will, yeah. because, like, people have been posting that copies are actually at shops now, so... Mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I want to play that one on the PC, for sure. Uh, ooh, I was watching that Marvel 616 documentary. I only got, like, mm -hmm. two episodes in, but that was pretty solid so far. I haven't, I haven't started it yet, but I, I have heard good things about it. Oh, you get a nice mix. The first one is all about the Japanese Spider-Man and everything they went through to get that one made. Yeah, do they they, they talk to Akira Yoshida about it? <laughs> no, Akira Yoshida's in the next episode, though. <laughs> no, somehow they didn't talk to Akira Yoshida. What a missed opportunity. Clearly, they interviewed Marvel's him for the Marvel's biggest show. Japanese writer. Why, why would they not talk to him? 
Man, that's how they should have introduced him. Then, uh, then the next one they did uh, that I watched was all about like the unsung female heroes of uh, the comic book world. So you know, like <laughs> editors and assistants and artists and everything. And uh, man, we get some great stuff with Anne Nesenti in there. Who, when I sat and watched, I'm like, yeah, Anne Nesenti wrote so much fucking shit, and she never mm-hmm. gets celebrated yeah. as much. Then yeah. it all eventually ends with uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick coming on Captain Marvel and eventually how Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, came together, which we'll talk yeah. about more. What's truly hilarious is I think this is probably the most candid G. Willow Wilson has ever been in an interview because they asked her where it's like uh, when one of the editors from Marvel said, hey, we want to create a hip, young Muslim teen from Jersey City. G. Willow Wilson's first response was, no fucking way Marvel wants to do that. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you're you're lying to me. You, will, you She literally said you will have to hire a new intern just to open all the hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that's so funny that she knew going right in, and yet the fact that it was so heavily celebrated and everything, and basically Miss Marvel became the last new character to really hit and to really take over. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is interesting to think about that of all the new characters they've had since Miss Marvel, and she's the one who's like stuck around and been a constant. And they say that in the documentary too. Uh, what is it, uh, Santa? The editors like, look, you know, we we know the math. We work in the industry. New characters don't tend to last. Uh, female ethnic characters don't tend to last for whatever reason. So, you know, putting that together, we were basically making like the worst bet ever, and yet it just hit perfectly. Yeah, it, it is a very interesting sort of thing to look at as well, and it, it, it does help that they they kind of went the extra mile with her character compared to all these other Mm. ones and gave her such a great supporting cast and uh compelling stories and everything yeah it's it's a great documentary because they really dig into the nitty-gritty of it where it's like look you know marvel took a chance looked at people within their own company who they felt were being underrepresented in the Mm -hmm. media and said okay what if we let you tell a story your way which is very familiar to Marvel fans because that's literally what made Stan Lee write the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, where it's like, okay, if you were never going to write anything else, write us one story your way. And they did, and it ended up being a huge hit. And it also helped, too, that traditional media ended up picking up on this story, which they don't really do with comics ever because comics are such a niche thing. But, uh, yeah, apparently they were, like, inundated with fan mail right off the bat just from people who just heard about it and thought it was so cool in concept. And I'm like, man, that's just a really, really freaking feel-good story, and I wish there was more of that. Nice, nice. As uh, the chat says, remember Mosaic? Remember Kid Kaiju? No, no, I don't. <laughs> exactly. They tried, to, they tried to make Mosaic a thing. They, I remember they gave mm-hmm. him a series. They sure did. Tried to yeah. make Kid Kaiju a thing, too. He had a whole event and then a whole spinoff book. Yeah, that led nowhere. And they kept trying to redo that as well with the monsters mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah, they were really into that. Like, they figured that would be the next big thing for them, and it never was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very fascinating. They got some other ones there, like Forgotten Heroes. Uh, I think they got one on cosplay and everything, and it just looks looks like a solid show. Good good on you, Disney Plus. More more things like this, please. Nice. Yeah, yeah. They, they they've got a lot of like behind the scenes stuff there on mm. Disney Plus. Like they've got that Mandalorian show, they've got yeah. that great that great one about props, like Disney yeah. props and stuff, the Imagineer series and all all like really great behind the scenes stuff. 
Waking Sleeping Beauty, which is technically mm-hmm. an old documentary, but if you're ever interested in the late 90s, early 2000s Disney renaissance, check that out, because it's, like, really, really cool. They get into the nitty-gritty about how they wrote the songs and everything else, and it's really good. Yeah. Do they have the Sherman Brothers documentary on there? The guys who, like, wrote all the songs you know from, like, Mary Poppins onward? I don't think so. I haven't seen it. No, I don't think they do either. I think because that one gets into, like, the real nitty-gritty about, like, what a dysfunctional family they were and how, like, they fought and hated each other for Mm -hmm. years. It's very very un-Disney feel-good. It's very, like, behind the music of guys who just happen to write Disney songs. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, like, one of their kids is actually, like, a fairly famous comedian in her own right, too. And they, oh, really? Uh, yeah, and they interview her. Her name escapes me. Her last name isn't Sherman, I don't think. It's something else. Oh, okay. But, yeah, check check that one out, everyone. The Sherman Brothers documentary, if you're ever interested in how music uh, for those movies gets made. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess with that, everyone, uh, we are still a comic book podcast. Sometimes, most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. I mean, you know, in the 214 episodes we've done, some of them had to have been about comics at some point. Just a handful. handful. Just just a handful. Honestly, I'm not going to lie, this what we did with our weekend segment is quickly becoming my favorite segment to open (laughs) up the show. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It is. I'm enjoying this. Hey, everyone, in the comments section down below, of all the segments we've done in the 214 episodes, what was your favorite segment and what should we bring back? (laughs) We had assassin talk, we had pitch it segments, we had lots of, we had fan mail, that was a segment, (laughs) we've done lots of segments. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I guess we can hop into the actual news this week, and there's a fairly interesting smattering of topics, if I do Mm -hmm. say so myself. There is. Uh, I guess our first piece of news here is something, it's basically a shoe that we knew had to drop eventually, but now we officially have confirmation. Wonder Woman 1984 is slated for a Christmas release date, both digitally and theatrically. Yeah, now the the, the caveat to this is like a little, little caveat, which is it's going to HBO Max for one month. That's mm. it, and then it's being pulled, and I imagine they're going to mm. re- um, re-release it in cinemas or something a little later down the line or somehow hold it until they can do a physical release right somewhere i, I, I thought you were gonna say it's gonna be on hbo max for one month and then release directly to the pirate bay <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, you mean hours after it releases on christmas day it's gonna be on the pirate bay yeah oh, oh. again too i still cannot believe that they are even taking the chance to put this in a theater at all especially when lots of places like toronto is going back into lockdown tomorrow. Mm-hmm. LA and New York are talking about lockdowns again because the COVID cases have shot up all mm-hmm. over the world again. And I cannot believe they're like, oh, but we're still going to have a theatrical release. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just so strange. And then to do it around Christmas time, so like the holiday season where like, and not on, on top of the pandemic, which is like the busiest time of the year. Yeah. I really do see, like, some, you know, coke-addled friggin' movie executive. His tie is undone. He's smoking a cigarette. Okay, okay, but, but, but we'll put it out at Christmas then, because people can't see their family, so they'll want to do something, right? So, obviously, they'll go to the movie theater, and they'll see Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> also, so this is something that should have been done, like, a, a while ago. Like, a, yeah. like a, a while ago, because this has been moving dates for... It was meant to come out last Since year. Since summer. Then, then, then it came out 
it was meant to come out this year and then that that didn't happen because of covid and then they shelved it and then they moved it to like the end of the year and then that's not happening and it's getting released on vod now which is it's going to lose a lot of money Yes, and I think eventually, I mean, we saw this with Mulan, we saw this with a lot of movies now and a lot of studios, basically just playing release date chess is all it is. They're like, how how can we maximize this? How can we make as much money as we can knowing full well that we're going to take a hit on this because you always take a hit on it when you release it digitally? And I think it really just came down to a matter of fact of like, fuck, lockdowns are happening again. We probably won't be able to release it this year at all so we might as well just do it Mm -hmm. i think that's really what it came down to and i wonder if disney will follow suit with black widow because as i noticed in my research for this lots of uh, studios are actually having big huge releases to coincide with christmas day we got this from warner brothers uh disney is releasing soul their next big pixar Mm -hmm. movie and also, The Croods 2 is also getting a Christmas release day, too. I forget what studio that's from. Fox, I want to say. Yeah, Universal or something. Right, yeah. So they're they're getting a big release on that one as well. So this seems to be the new thing where it's like, okay, if we just inundate everyone with good movies on Christmas, hopefully they'll stay in and watch <laughs> them. And I think someone broke down the math, too, where they're like, so an average ticket in America is like 16 bucks in a major metropolitan city and like, uh, what is it, a membership to uh, HBO Max or whatever is only averages out to like 15 something. So it's actually like a dollar cheaper to stay home and fucking watch the movie. See, here's the thing. Yeah, they're not charging extra to, to be able to watch this, which means, again, they're going to be losing money because... They, what's stopping people from like just getting a a a, a um a, a trial like a free trial and watching it and then just canceling it none none at all i mean say what you want about the greed of the disney corporation at least they're like no you need to have the app and pay 30 dollars for yeah. mulan and people did it people did it they did it like like say what you will about mulan but it made 70 million in cinemas and they haven't released the number for Disney Plus, but I have to imagine it was quite a fair bit, the amount of people that were talking about it and watching it. I, I think it was, but I also think it was less than they wanted. I'm sure if it oh, did Oh, yeah, I'm do, sure. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. But they, at least did, they made some of their money back. But they made some of it back. And again, too, you have to wonder, will will they, you know, bite the bullet and, you know, finally be like, all right, fuck it, here's Black Widow. They're probably wondering, waiting to see how this does. Probably, yeah, because you figure, too, they're like, look, we're going to release that Vision show anyway in December. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we don't have to release Black Widow yet if we don't want to. We can hold on to that. Because I'm sure what Disney and Marvel would love to do is to be like, hey, the the pandemic's over, everyone. You can finally go back to the movies. And look, we got a Marvel movie here. Remember these and how normal these made you feel? (laughs) I think that's what they're banking on. They're banking on because there's obviously like talk that like by next summer everything will be back to some semblance of normalcy <laughs> so so they'll be like here watch come watch this film yeah freaking fingers crossed i tell you <laughs> yeah but yeah so we are finally going to get a chance to see wonder woman and of course it comes out during the holidays when it's just like well shit maybe matt and i want to take it easy but i guess we'll <laughs> definitely have to have a spoiler cast and a special episode ready to go for this one in the new year sometime yeah definitely 
Because, yeah, it's like, you know, when was the last time they released a big movie at Christmas like this where we had to go see for work? Yeah, I, I can't think of any. I can think of, like, movies like Star Wars released, like, the week before before Christmas. But that was before Christmas, not on Christmas. Yeah, not on Christmas, damn it. But, oh, here's... <clears throat> at least we can plan a nice big day around this. We got this and Soul <laughs> and everything else. And I know my mom loves Crude, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. Can all we can all watch movies and social distance and hopefully get through this motherfucker of a year. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So there's your uh, Wonder Woman news, everyone. We're that much closer to see it. Also, it's funny too with Wonder Woman eighty four, knowing that the Maxwell Lord in that movie was so clearly a Trump analog. Yeah, yeah, and it was meant to come out uh, while Trump was still in office, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I wonder, will that make it read, you know, cheekier, or will it make it read more like kind of eye-rolling, like, oh god, aren't we glad this is over? Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what how that will will definitely play out. Same. Because, yeah, it could easily come off as like, like, oh, you can tell when this movie was made. Yeah, which it's like, oh, well, why you gotta keep bringing up old shit, Wonder Woman 1984? <laughs> to which I'm sure Trump somewhere in his bunker, oh, don't worry, I'm not going away anytime soon. <laughs> I'm going to be here on Twitter, rage tweeting from the toilet, and Twitter will be telling me, uh, this has been disputed. <laughs> That's how I knew it was all over when Twitter had to eventually step in and be like, this this is this is not true. We have to actually say this is not true now. Twitter, who hates doing anything that hates doing its job, period, has to actually step in and do its job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, remember Fleet? Remember Fleet for, like, the 24 hours Fleet was a thing, and then everyone fucking dunked on Fleet so hard? Twitter's like, okay, we won't do it then. I still don't even know what that is. I never even got to see it, so... (laughs) That's how quickly it went. So, you know how, like, in Instagram, you have Instagram stories, and they'll only be Mm -hmm. there for, like, a minute if you want them? Yep. Basically, Twitter's like, we can do it, too. What if there was only tweets that you could put up for 24 hours, and people could only see it for a short amount of time? What about that? Oof. Oof. I know, and everyone on the internet's like, Twitter, what the fuck is wrong with you? We want to be able to edit our things. We want to be able to ban all the Nazis. We don't want this. <laughs> okay, fine. And literally, Twitter made fun of Twitter so hard, Twitter didn't do the thing. <laughs> Ain't that some shit for you? <laughs> Nico in the chat is saying LinkedIn has stories now. No shit. Really? Fucking LinkedIn, really? I thought that was Link- just a place you put your fucking resume. Apparently it is. The only thing I know about LinkedIn is when I'm trying to check uh, shady business dealings I have to make sure people are legit and then forever having people telling me to join LinkedIn when I'm like, (laughs) no, my resume is not very impressive. Yeah, I have no need to join LinkedIn. I have a job. <laughs> yeah, freaking uh, what? I, I I did high school for a bit. I did a bunch of interning and community service. Uh, Then I did this. Oh and, I, oh, and I mowed lawns at some point in there, too. Yeah, that was also a job. You gotta, you gotta like uh, word it differently, like manage Lawn- lands, manage landscaping, there you uh, go. design or something. Lawn care technician. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the last time I actually did work on my resume, which was like for some program that I was only in, so I could drop out later. Literally, the lady's like, "Okay, so you do entertainment, so really you need to just you know word this and frame it in terms of entertainment, like you're trying to get an industry job, because <laughs> like literally, no, no, like McDonald's or anything would hire you with the credits you actually have on here." <laughs> 
Where it's like, look, I might not be able to run the fryer, but look, I have a social media strategy for you <laughs> that you're going to absolutely love. <laughs> That's what I really got to do, Matt. I got to start like selling seminars and shit and be like, I'll teach you the top 10 secrets to unlocking the power of YouTube. And then at the end of it, there is no secret. It's all fucking random. Yeah, buy G Fuel. <laughs> yeah, man. I would love to get, like, a G Fuel sponsorship. Not because I like G Fuel, but just because I would endlessly be taking the piss out of G Fuel. I don't even know what G Fuel is. I'm still, I, I'm just like, it's, it, it's gamer protein? Does it no. make you more racist or something? Or? <laughs> yeah. Does it give you lots of gamer incidents? Uh, <laughs> no, you, you know, like, Kool-Aid or Tang, how it's like a powder? Yeah, so it's just like a, a box of sugar. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a drink powder, basically. But, you know, I think they have, like, some shit in there. Like, oh, it's got ginseng and electrolytes <sighs> and, you know, omega-3s for your brain. And I'm like, those don't sound like real things. Yeah, but it helps you game real good. <laughs> I, I forget the one I had. It wasn't G Fuel, but it was another one from the same, like, you know, type of corporation. I got it when I actually went to my one and only game convention and they had like a special stand set up. There was like, hey, try a free sample. So, of course, I kept coming back again and again and trying everyone. You're becoming the ultimate gamer. <laughs> Literally, that was my plan where it's like, I will become the ultimate gamer. All I did, I think, was just give myself a fucking sugar high. I was getting like fucking <laughs> faded off like, you know, mango cherry gamer fuel. Yeah, mm, yeah, pounded. Good shit. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna run around this whole convention center. You'll see. Uh. <laughs> and then the one interview I had for that day was the people selling gamer chairs. They're like, "Hey, we'd love it if you could try one of our gamer chairs." And literally, I thought the way it was going was to be like, "Ooh, I'll try one of the gamer chairs," and then they're gonna give me one, so I say nice things about them, right? Yeah. And I was in the chair, and I filmed it. I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And I stood there awkwardly for a couple minutes, and it's like, "Oh, so you're you're not gonna give me a free gamer?" Okay, cool. <laughs> I, was... I, I love the people shilling those chairs because they're always so shitty mm. they, they say it's like no you, go, you, go, you gotta go to like an office office shop and it's like get one of those high quality like office chairs mm. like the one i have it has like the cool like uh backrest that moves with your back and yeah and yeah you can, and, and you can and, and it's got like the wheels that don't ruin the carpet or anything and right of course what I, as i say as i sit in a real gamer chair what am i an x rocker <laughs> Again, I didn't buy this. This was a gift from someone, actually. And when I was putting together my office, I'm like, look, I could go get a chair. I could could do this. It's got a bunch of shit for, like, plugging in for, like, speakers. And, like, I think it actually <laughs> vibrates. But I never actually plugged it the fuck in. I remember I saw someone shilling ones that were that had like uh like in the headrest that you have it had like rgb lighting i'm like why the, why the fuck are you ever gonna need that no one's gonna see it <laughs> your head's in the way <laughs> but what if i need to find my chair in the dark man <laughs> Did you ever think about that everything's got rgb lighting on it or lighting strips on it these days <laughs> yeah for real and somehow we're still talking about wonder woman i think yeah, yeah that should be good lighting strips like neon lighting strips like in the 80s like in there wonder woman <laughs> I, I do actually have, like, some LED lights here that have been sitting on my desk forever because I was going to do the thing that the Leak Gamers do, and I was going to put it around my computer. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, that's really hard, and also it works fine without it, so it's really just fucking, you know, what is it? Vanity, and I'm not that vain. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, so I can't. I I've do. got a ring light, but I can't use it because I have to wear my glasses, and you get the ring light in the reflection of it, and it ruins it. 
I know that now. Yeah, I keep saying I need to buy a ring light for uh, for similar reasons. There's a lot of like little little bullshit things I need. Like obviously my mic. I've been saying forever I need to get like a mic arm, but then it's just like, well, what am I gonna do with the mic arm? What if I want to move the mic and record in another room? Well, then I guess I would need two mics then. <laughs> Also, as you can tell, I got, like, one of the old, big-ass mics. Elgato makes a new mic now that I really hope someone gets me for Christmas. It's on my Amazon wish list, and it's tiny, and it would be perfect for God willing if we ever get to fucking travel again. Yeah, goddamn Elgato stuff is so fucking expensive. It is. It really, really is. No they're joke goddamn, about it. They're goddamn green screens. I, I don't know how much they are where you are, but here they sell for about $300. They're green screens. Yeah. And you could buy the exact same size and get, like, actual lighting kit with it off Amazon for, like, 99 bucks, And it does exactly the same thing. Sounds about right. But it's branded, Matt. What you're really paying for is the Ooh. name. Well, I can just <laughs> buy an Elgato sticker and slap it on there. No one will know the difference. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's if you learn nothing else from this episode, everyone learn learn how to be frugal and how to slap stickers on stuff. <laughs> All right. So our next story, ironically, also involves Wonder Woman, and this is a story I was really not expecting. But apparently, uh, that new uh, Wonder Woman who we've seen for Future Shock, Future State, Future Now, whatever the fuck that new DC thing is going to be in two months, uh, the one from Brazil. Uh, so she's actually going to be getting a CW show, like, right out of the gate. Not only that, is she, she's actually continuing on after Future's, uh, state. Yeah, she's going to be the newest Wonder Girl, which I'm like, that's pretty freaking cool, and also really confirms what we've been saying forever about DC's new big attempt, uh, at, like, multimedia storytelling, where it's like, okay, well, we launch her here in Future State, and that'll prime the pump for the new show that we're gonna mm -hmm. get going, and then she's gonna keep going afterwards. Now, I, I'm totally fine with this. The problem I have with it is that it's a new character, they mm. don't know how people are going to react to it. Like, for all we know, her whole comic could be a fucking train wreck. Exactly. And, like, same with, like, the TV show. Like, you, you're giving her all this without her being a proven brand yet. Yeah, it's, it's literally the definition of putting the cart before the horse. Also, mm -hmm. too, usually when you get one of these shows together, it's like, okay, so you have a backlog of stories you can adapt for the show, villains and supporting characters that you can bring in. This character's probably not going to have those things right away. Are you going to make this an Arrow thing where you're just going to cannibalize and reuse other Wonder Woman villains and settings and characters and just put them here? I mean, obviously, your average TV, uh, TV fan ain't going to know and ain't going to care. And I mean, Arrow was fucking successful enough being poor man's Batman. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, well, by the time the show actually probably gets up starting, which is probably mid-next year sometime. Mm-hmm we'll have like the future's end story and that's probably it yeah this is this is odd and interesting but i'm also kind of excited for it too because i think this is mm -hmm. something that could play really well on cw and you know i'm a yeah. guy who has always kind of carried a torch for cw and when they do something right they do it right and i mean yeah let's let's have a young hip wonder woman on television for crying out loud and we're, we're one more step closer to a tv trinity we really, really are, yeah. We're that much closer to an on-screen CW Trinity, which means that for the next big crossover special, they can do that. Yeah. 
And uh, on the same note, actually, this uh, news came before another big piece of CW news, and that is, hey, Black Lightning's actually getting canceled after four seasons. So, oh, they already had another show ready to go just to slide into what I can only assume is that role in that time slot. Yep, yep, they got a they got a tie-in coming up uh, for the show, which I imagine, yeah, Black Lightning is going to end and it's going to go straight into this tie-in. Which, you know, like, Black Lightning, that's four seasons more than I'm sure a lot of people thought mm-hmm. a character like this could do. And, I mean, everything I heard about the show was actually kind of awesome, how they brought in the Outsiders and how they brought in uh, fucking Gravedigger and all this yep. other shit that you would not expect, how it basically became kind of like this, you know, focal point thing for black heroes and black characters in mm-hmm. the DC universe. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. And also, too, as we've seen from stuff like Constantine and everything else, just because this show is done doesn't mean Black Lightning has to be done in no. the CW universe or any of the other supporting characters. In fact, yo... Next season for uh, what is it? Legends Black Lightning should join the team. Well, see, and uh, that's that's another great thing is now this show is in the Prime Earth, so it's it's in the same Earth as the Superman and Flash and Green Arrow and all that, so can easily do that. And I imagine we probably are going to see these characters turn up for like cameos somewhere or for the big crossovers or something. In fact, it's getting to the point now where they have so many different uh, characters and heroes roaming around and everything. At what point do they eventually just say, you know what, fuck it, and pull the trigger on and be like, we're doing CW's Justice League now? Oh, it's it's coming. I mean, goddamn Crisis of Infinite Earth set that up. Yeah, I mean, yo, I would watch that. What if Justice League was just a show you could watch every week? I'd watch, yeah, I'd totally watch it. I mean, we're probably going to get that quicker than we get another Justice League movie. <laughs> and no, the streaming one doesn't count. That's an no. old Justice League movie. <laughs> and it's not canon. <laughs> yeah, no. But maybe it will be now with the fucking Omniverse thing and they'll just keep making sequels. That's so goddamn weird. <laughs> but yeah, so sad news, but also, boy, they got a lot done in four seasons. And I think it really helped uh, raise Black Lightning's, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, impact and shadow as a character and everyone i think now more people know black lightning than ever before and know that he's a big focal point for the dc universe which is cool yeah kind of shitty it came on this week because this this coming week we've got the other history of the dc universe coming out which i know he's a big part of (laughs) i was gonna mention that i know that stings a little bit doesn't (laughs) it where it's like come on Come on. Yeah, I'm excited for that John Ridley book. I can't wait to check that. Also, too, I uh, I actually was kind of talking out of my ass before when I assumed that John Ridley was just a movie writer. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not. Apparently, he has a rather substantial comic book writing career, so I'm actually happy to correct myself on this one and be like, yo, that's pretty fucking dope. I'm down for that. Yeah. Also, too, I didn't write it in the thing or anything, but uh, what is it? I guess Batwoman Season 2 got another trailer, which is basically like, hey, we're starting this show from scratch, essentially, because we lost our lead. Yeah, and it's starting sooner than than I actually thought. Yeah, yeah, same. Weird that when given the choice, they're like, you know, we're going to keep doing Batwoman, but we're going to cancel Black Lightning. You would think it would be the other way around. We'll keep the show that's tested and is multiple seasons in. Then, you know, roll the dice on another one. Roll, roll the dice on another show that its lead just like walked away from after a season. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, that's weird. Unless there was, like, other contractual obligations with other people on the show where it's like, okay, they signed a three-season deal so we can't, like, cancel the show. Yeah, yeah. But that's just so weird. And again, I mean, don't be shocked if this one, if in a couple things were like, hey, so Batwoman was only two seasons. Yeah, I, I imagine it probably will be. Because <laughs> it's just like, that's so... That that first episode of season two better be really fucking good to get people invested. <laughs> Wait, it better have a good goddamn excuse. Because <laughs> that's a hard pill to swallow, especially in a show that's all like, you know, oh, uh, Kate Kane's going to try and find, you know, her uh, her cousin Bruce who is missing, you know, Bruce who's not around. Okay, now she's disappeared and she's not around. <laughs> that's a hell of a thing. And again, as we said before, there were so many ways out of that situation. I, yeah, again, we they just had a crisis. We were saying, why didn't they do something with the crisis where it literally just changed the character? Residual crisis energy. Yeah. You're the same person. Yeah. You just look different now and sound different, maybe act a little different. Yeah, exa- exactly. They had all this chance to do all that, and they went the completely wrong way about it. I don't know whether they just didn't think about that. It's very, it's very, very weird. They had Hush as a character. It could have been like, yo, we just changed your face into a face that looks different, all a face-off, and if we try and change you back, it'll kill you. Well, see, that was the thing. That was that was what was actually, I thought, was going to happen, because we had Hush become um, Bruce Wayne. I would have thought, mm. like, oh, he's going to turn goddamn Kate's sister into Kate. Yeah, that could have been really easy, huh? Yeah, or even have Kate's sister become Batwoman. It's an option. It was there. They took they took a weird way out. And again, yeah, we still yeah. don't know why Ruby Rose walked off that show. No. We may never know. No, I, I have to something to probably to do with some type of stunt negligence or something (laughs) or something or she's just like you know i didn't really want to be in this because you know i still think i can be in movies and everything even though she's not very good in movies (laughs) i mean she plays the same character in everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah which i mean i don't know if that's her fault or that's just hollywood typecasting her but still very 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 weird yeah all right, now next up, what do we got here? Ooh, Radiant Black is the brand new creator series from Kyle Higgins, of course. Uh, longtime fan of the show, friend of the show, too, and full disclosure, I actually knew he was working on this before it actually got announced. He actually sent some pictures, and he's like, hey, Joel, doesn't this look dope? And I'm like, fuck yeah, it looks dope. <laughs> I, I bring it up because don't be shocked if I get him on the show at some point to hype it up. But uh, yeah, Radiant Black is being sold as Power Rangers meet Spider-Man. Yeah, and it looks like that as well. Certainly does. Uh, obviously, you know, this makes a lot of sense. Higgins, a dude who, you know, really breathed fresh life into the Power Rangers brand, which is still going very strong today. A dude who, you know, historically kind of got a little dicked over in the new 52 when it came to making his Nightwing mm-hmm. run, but came back a bigger star from the indies and got to write a Nightwing story. And now this basically seems to be the culmination of so many things he's been working on. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, all his own. It all it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, tr- when's it coming out? It's coming out in January, isn't it? Yes, it's coming out fairly yeah. soon. Good, good timing for it too. Is like even Marvel is experimenting with like, hey, can we can we get some of that sick sick Tokusatsu cash with our <laughs> Ultraman series? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, will this be the one that, you know, bridges the gap between the superhero fans and the anime fans? Will this finally be the one, Matt? 
<laughs> Hopefully. This is Akira Ishida's dream. <laughs> this will be the warm fire that we all gather around. But no, seriously, I, I, I am legit excited for this, and I'm not just saying that because Kyle Higgins is a creator who talks to me. Like, literally, this would be my jam regardless, and it uh, looks good. Yeah, it looks really fucking good. Yeah, it looks really fun. So, you know, don't be shocked uh, when we cover this one on the channel eventually. Uh, all right, what else do we got going on here this week? Uh, ooh, uh, dovetailing off something I mentioned earlier in the show, but a bunch of set leaks came out for that Miss Marvel show that they're filming right now. Yeah, and it looks fantastic. It does. We get a little, little bit of her costume that she's wearing under, like, one of those blankets that they put on actors so, like, paparazzi can't snap pictures of them. I, we see, like, the leg and the bottom half of the suit, and it looks 100% comic accurate. Yeah, and we also get to see, as I put the picture here, her dressed in, like, a Halloween costume of Captain Marvel. And it looks which fantastic. Is, which is really dope and is totally something Kamala would do. And also kind of representative of something that happened in, like, the first couple issues because she got mm -hmm. hit by Terrigen and she, like, turned into Carol Danvers for a little bit in her old mm -hmm. suit. So I think it's cool that here on Halloween she's actually wearing the costume. Yeah, and also, I, I like that her, like, bike helmet is, like, the, the Captain Marvel star, and yeah. I think I think it, it could just be just, like, something to, just on the bike, but on her bike, on the wheels, there's, like, little colored, uh, like, balls around the, the, oh, yeah. the spokes, and they look like Infinity Gems. Oh, that's fun. Also, too, she's wearing, like, an army jacket, and, of course, Carol mm -hmm. is in the Air Force and everything, so that... Uh, that adds up yo i'm so i'm so stoked for this show it's so cool that you know after like you know as we said taking the world by storm marvel realized that yeah it's time for miss marvel to actually have a show and we think this is going to be huge yeah i i can't wait for any of all of these disney shows and they're all like mm -hmm. they're all filming like now or like have been filmed so like in the next like a year and a bit we're going to be getting just huge smattering of different shows Absolutely, absolutely. What are the odds you think Brie Larson actually shows up in this show in some variety? I think she kind of has to. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're going to get her either like it'll be a cameo at the end or something and like from uh, like up until then we only see her on like the news or something and mm. then we see her in like the final episode or something. It'll be very interesting too like in terms of canonicity because obviously in the movie universe carol went right from being carol to being captain marvel she had no miss marvel phase in between mm -hmm. so as far as this universe is concerned kamala will be the first miss marvel yeah yeah unless uh what is that? unless the sequel does something interesting with that or tries to you know uh change that around a bit because obviously we're getting this and we're getting spectrum as well too in the vision show so they're like building quite uh an extended marvel family yeah yeah they're, they're building everything around and rightly so because i guess they they're moving into like obviously new avengers territory and like mm. the next next generation and that's probably going to be led by captain marvel talk about too about multimedia that actually works with kamala basically being the pov character for that video game mm -hmm. to you know kind of prime the pump for the show and everything absolutely yeah yeah, so that's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, color, color us very excited for this. Also, too, the frickin' actress is, like, an hour, like, lives and, like, went to school, like, an hour away from me, basically. <laughs> so what you're saying is you basically are best friends with her. <laughs> I'm basically saying it's pretty serious between me and the actress who plays this part. <laughs> 
Wait, I don't think she's 18, actually. Fuck, I should not say that. <laughs> should not say that at all. But yes, we're, we're literally best friends. I am not a creepy stalker at all. <laughs> also, shit, I actually was really hoping to leverage that fact of like, hey, you know, I'm a somewhat, you know, knowable creator. And, you know, we're in basically the same area. Hey, can we do a sit-down interview? Obviously, we couldn't because COVID. No one should be sitting down with strangers at all right now, but I was really hoping to try and make that happen. And then it's like, oh, she has no internet presence. Oh, yeah, because the internet's fucking horrible, and dug up a bunch of her old, like, letterbox reviews to try and talk shit about her. Yeah, okay, you don't have to ever be on the internet, lady. That's cool. I understand. (laughs) You're you're already smarter than most actors in that regard, where it's like, you know what? Deleting all all my internet presence and going away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let let the work speak for itself yo yo but seriously though if like her management team or anything is listening i would very much want to make something happen please <laughs> please i'll be good it could be my birthday and christmas present please <laughs> i just want to be a part of this in some way <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that show is looking pretty dope. Uh, and hey, you know, we got more uh, upcoming Marvel news, more creative projects, and more stuff named. Uh, Deadpool 3, Matt, uh, a lot of people weren't sure about its status. We knew it had to happen eventually because why would Disney and Marvel sit on, you know, what has proven to be such a huge money-making franchise in and of itself? And we actually got probably the biggest piece of news uh, this week. Yeah, we, we we got some writers on on the film, so the film is hundred percent happening, despite what uh, famed creator Rob Liefeld will have you believe. <laughs> Rob Liefeld, with you know, uh, g- cutting scoops directly from his butthole when when he's not when he's not getting salty about Hickman's X Men, he's he's talking yeah, about wow. how how Marvel Studios would never make a a Deadpool film. Literally, literally old comic book man yells at Cloud. <laughs> and then tries to take take credit for that Cloud. <laughs> fucking, fucking amazing, man. Because, you know, it's not like the characters he created were only made good and interesting by other people, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not that Deadpool is just, like, literally a ripoff of Deathstroke, and he's even admitted that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, they uh, tapped the Molyneux sisters for this one, who are Emmy Award-winning creators uh, from their work on shows like Bob's Burgers, which I will freely admit, I never watched much of Bob's Burgers. That show became popular right around the time, you know, I cut the cable cord and stopped watching, you know, like Fox on Sunday night. But I've been going back and watching some of it on Amazon, and it is legitimately pretty funny. Yeah, it's definitely the type of humor that would fit deadpool like it's 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 the type of humor that i think deadpool should be Mm. not that fucking random chimichanga laugh out loud shit it's like funny like smart humor yeah i mean it's funny i i actually do remember i watched the first episode of bob's burgers when it premiered on fox and my first thought watching that show is like this is all right but probably won't last on fox this would probably be much better on like an adult swim or something and then like it's just had its 200th episode just not too long ago so so fucking shows what i know but still (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of like deadpan it's kind of (laughs) like almost surreal in a weird way and yeah i could see 
that kind of comedy coming out of Deadpool's mouth. And also, too, here's another thing. Bob's Burgers, not really filthy. It's funny no, and, like, yeah. a little scatological at times, but not, like, R-rated filthy to where I'm like, yeah, I could see why Disney would want to tap people like this. Now, that's still not to say that they couldn't try for, like, an R or a PG-13 or even mm-hmm. something like that, but still I can see them kind of testing the waters to be like, okay, can you keep it here or can we turn it up to 11? Yeah, yeah, I imagine that they're probably going to do, like, scripts that are, like, a little bit more PG-13 and then, like, maybe put some R-rated stuff into it and try and see which one works better. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I think it would be cool if they, like, literally offered two versions of this. They won't because it wouldn't be economical and make sense where it's like, look, here's the PG version of the movie that runs at matinee time, and here's the R-rated version of the movie <laughs> that you can see if you check it out at, like, 10 o'clock onward. Because, <laughs> like, obviously, they couldn't need to do that because Deadpool made, like, a ton of money being R-rated anyway. But I could definitely see someone at Disney being like, yeah, but what if we could make more money, though, by letting children be able to see it? <laughs> and children are a big market for Deadpool. People, they kids are. Kids who have never seen the film know who Deadpool is. Which is crazy to me that such an R-rated hero has such a big following by kids who legally could not see the movie in theaters. Fortnite. Was he in Fortnite at one point? I'm pretty I'm sure, sure he I'm was. I'm sure he was, yeah. That's how they know him. They're like, Every- the guy from Fortnite. Everything's been in Fortnite, Matt. I'm pretty sure we've been in Fortnite at some point and just didn't know it. <laughs> oh, I, just, I demand royalties then. <laughs> uh, for real, yeah. This is, they didn't pay us. Oh, they paid us in V-Bucks. Fuck. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> like Disney dollars, man. This shit, you can't buy hookers and gum with it, that's for sure. <laughs> the the only two things in life that are yeah, worth buying. Hookers according and gum. To, hookers and gum. The only thing I care about. Yo, I get my juicy fruit and then I get juicy. It's all good. <laughs> Disgusting, I know. I feel bad about that one. But yeah, this is uh this is cool to know that Deadpool 3 in some shape or form is continuing. And I think, you know, that it could potentially be the best one of the series because there's just so much shit that they could draw upon now and have Deadpool be really meta about. Oh, absolutely. And I I I know like they've introduced the multiverse and everything. They're going to mm. have have him come over from the Foxverse into the the Marvel Studios verse and whether he stays there or not. Uh, I guess we'll be up to if it's popular or not. <laughs> Maybe because, again, you know, the first two Deadpool movies were really thematic because, you know, Deadpool one, oh, it was a romance movie. It was all about, you know, him and his girlfriend falling in love and everything. And Deadpool two was a family movie question mark that didn't quite work for the sequel. But still, it would be something for the third one. It's like, you know, oh, Deadpool is looking for a home to call his own. You know, this mm-hmm. movie's all about home. And at the end of it, he's like, oh, I've decided this universe and this place will be my new home. And then he puts Mickey ears on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about. Where it's like, yes, I could see this being my home for at least two more additional sequels and maybe a Disney Plus show. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just like a bunch of people trying to get him to come and stay in a weird place, wherever that place is. <laughs> I wonder what villains they could go for in the next one. Because, I mean, you had Cable, who was an antagonist, but not really a villain. I wonder. Yeah, well, I, I imagine it probably wouldn't be anyone too um, mutant adjacent. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And he's already had his origin story, so it's not like you could do, like, Weapon X and everything. Although maybe you could pull up some, like, lesser-known guys from Weapon X that they'll never use, like frickin' Maverick. 
Yeah, yeah. Have Maverick show. Madcap, oh yeah, that could be interesting. Madcap, because he was a big thing in the Duggan run, and he's a villain who can also regenerate and is almost as crazy as Deadpool. Yeah, that could be fun. That could be, I, I, I don't know whether they go that route, though. Yeah, if they did, Deadpool would have to make fun of it, where it's like, oh, okay, so now I have to fight evil version of myself in a similar costume. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen this one done to death. Ooh, Ironmonger. <laughs> Killmonger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you are you the joke monger? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Omega Red, yeah, assumedly they don't want to do anything. Uh, cause I'm, I'm going to assume that they're probably going to want Wolverine movies on their own, and Omega Red would be a good villain well, for that. Well, well there's rumors. That, uh, it's just rumors. There's no, like, base in it. That there's rumors that uh, Omega Red's going to be in Shang-Chi. Hmm, interesting. What an interesting pull, but also a good way to kind of pepper in, like, no, 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 mutants exist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mutants exist. You're not going to get a full X-Men movie yet, but they exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, you gotta wonder, will this Deadpool movie be hitting before or after whatever the new X-Men thing is gonna be? Because obviously, X-Men stuff informed so much of the first two Deadpool movies, so... I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Deadpool ends up being the one that brings them into this universe. Like, completely by accident? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be something. And again, to, you know, play with the meta nature of it, like only Deadpool remembers that, you know, this is a new franchise that he never used to be in this universe, but he does now. Oh, he's going to do that. And But I, I'm just glad that, like, under these new writers, uh, like, they and, like, Marvel Studios knows what they're doing, so it's not going to be played out like yeah, I imagine no. it would have been in the Fox verse. <laughs> no, it won't be nearly as obnoxious. No. Man, it would be great just to see him, like, pester the Avengers. That'd be pretty funny, though. I imagine he probably will. Like, like someone has to come and recruit him like they need. Well, I mean, they'll get Samuel L. Jackson and be like, Wade Wilson, we're recruiting you for the... Nah, 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 nah. Been done. <laughs> Call me when there's an X-Men team up. Bye. <laughs> there's your thing. Uh, I'm willing to hang out with Spider-Man for a bit. That would be fun. <laughs> But yeah, so there's your Deadpool news, everyone, and they're making uh, making good uh, good headway in that. And thank you, uh, Caleb Burritos. Appreciate it. Thank you. Deadpool also likes Caleb's Burritos. <laughs> uh, I guess with that, we can talk about what we read this week, and I actually got a fair amount read this week. Not as much as I wanted. I had kind of two lazy days there, but uh, I did get a lot read. So did I. All right, where, uh, where would we like to begin, Matt? Uh, well, let, let's start with uh, X of Swords. We've got three parts that took us up into the finale of the uh, mm. the event. Three very different issues as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these uh, these ones definitely ran uh, around the old gamut. But I guess the first one we had uh, was X-Force 14. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Saturnine, she's still cheating, she's still fucking everyone over, and the competitions are just getting more and more ridiculous. There's, like, a dance-off and a fashion show and yep. a spelling bee. And an, and an eating contest and, uh, yeah, just all these ridiculous, ridiculous things that just, like, again, like what we said, she's, like, a fae or, like, magical being. So she's, mm. she's, she's like, using every little, like, instance of a word, like, a, a, it's a, a contest of arms. It's literally a contest of arms. Yeah, you've hey, got hey, to arm wrestle. 
And uh, I, I love, too, because, like, literally it gets to the point, like, by the end of this three-parter where it's like, did she just run out of crazy ideas? She's like, I can't <laughs> believe you're still all doing these. Yeah, yeah. She, she the, the joke, she thought they would have caught on a bit sooner than they did, but it's like, well, I'm, I'm in it now. I can't look back. My, uh, my favorite, and I'm sure it was your favorite, too, their take on a staring contest where instead of yeah. having Wolverine and the White Blade stare at each other, they stare into a mirror where they're forced to see every person they've ever killed and the first one to blink loses. Yeah, and, and Wolverine, is he gets a tear in his eye. Yes, because he's human and not a total psychopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a fun one, and... Uh, Ultimately, you start to realize, too, I don't know if you got this same feeling I did, where it's like, oh, maybe there is a method to Saturnine's madness, because when it eventually comes time for just another regular fight, uh, Death versus Storm, it's like, oh, Storm is too drunk and too tired from all these other stupid competitions to fight good. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, wearing them down, because, yeah, that, that seems to be the thing. They they have, like, a sword fight, and then there'll be, like, a bunch of ridiculous combat competitions in between and then they'll have like a sword fight like like the sword one and she's too tired drunk and whatever else to actually do anything but it it ends up kind of working out for her and in, in the end because storm is wicked awesome and also because she again observed all that other information about death mm -hmm. from before and that is like okay if death looks at you if you see the face of death you die so she's like oh i'll reflect it back at him with my sword yeah, and yeah, he sees his own face and hey, she kills death, which is quite interesting. That's what I thought too, but then when I read the next couple issues, they don't list death among the dead. Yeah, I I guess you can't really kill the concept of death. Maybe it was an editorial problem. We don't see him hanging out with anyone no. later, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe he'll get reincarnated later by White Sword or something. Or something, yeah, but I still thought that was a pretty badass, v very anime way to take yeah. him down. How do I do it? Oh, look at my reflection. Oh, no, my <laughs> ultimate technique has been rebounded on me. <laughs> How could I possibly have seen that coming? But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, what is it? That was X-Force. It was all right. Yeah. Um, next up, we had Helions, which, again, continues to be fucking awesome. <laughs> It is a comedy romp, and this one even more so is a complete farce within the first five minutes because you find out the Hellions team that was sent away for the whole purpose of helping the X-Men and Krakoa cheat, they showed up too late because Sinister was leading them, and now they are literally no use to anybody. And, and I, I, I love that we never got to see that adventure because the last issue they went off, they were starting off on this great adventure through the mm -hmm. mountains of, of Avalon and all that. Yep. And then we just catch up to them and Havoc's missing an eye and like everyone's just tired and beaten. And, yep. and, and it's all because Sinister didn't know where he was going. Mm-hmm. But wasn't willing to tell that yeah. he didn't know where he was going, which is so beautifully sinister. And everyone is so horribly pissed at him, and they probably would have kicked his ass if they didn't run into a really nasty local. They a uh, really nasty local who was kind of like the inverse of Hellions. This is like like Arako's version of Mr. Sinister and the Hellions. He, he basically said that, yeah, he's Karn the Uncaring and his team is the Locust Vile, which are these disease twisted mutant demon hybrids. Yeah, they, they're all like weirdos that he's like, uh, what did he say? He was something really gross. He's like, he defiled their, their mutations or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ev everything about them is gross. 
And of course, when it comes time to fight, the Hellenes can't defend themselves because they're no. not really a team and they're all beaten up and most of them get horribly murdered. Most of them get horribly murdered or in Havoc's case gets his hands chopped off. Man, the universe is just <laughs> shitting on Alex Summers from a great height as of recently. <laughs> they are just giving it to him hard. He loses an eye. He loses his hands. Friggin' Nanny gets blown up. Friggin' Orphan Maker gets his arm ripped off like it was Star Wars. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, we, we also learned that, like, Sinister's whole deal was that he never intended to get the sores. He just wanted to go to Arako to get the mutant genes. Because of course he did. Yeah, and he, and I love it. He's not, he, he, once people find out about that, he's like, yeah, and I'm just going to release all my little drones and they're going to go get my stuff. Did a, did you get a total Dragon Ball Z vibe from that? Because they're little robot mosquitoes that steal DNA. And I'm like, hey, yeah. did that what Dr. Jiro used in the yeah. Cell Arc? Is yeah. Zeb Wells a fan? <laughs> this whole, this whole thing is like the fucking Cell games. It's straight up, it's straight up freaking anime. Oh, uh, Empath ran away because Empath yeah. is a freaking coward. Which yep. means Grey Crow is actually able to rejoin the fight, and you think like, "Oh, is this gonna be enough for him to forgive Empath when he eventually comes back and helps save them from the Avalon guards?" No, he like literally freaking dissects them from belly button to chest and goes, "If you want to live, crawl back." Yeah, crawl back to the Krakoa, and they all end up going back to Krakoa, and they all end up dying anyway because uh, Sinister Prime ends up killing them all, so he can mm. get the samples and kind of have Cover his plausible deniability on everything also thank you andres for uh that is appreciated so l l l let's count the people who died there uh nanny died in other world but nanny's like a cyborg so maybe they can rebuild her mm -hmm. orphan maker had his arms ripped off maybe dead maybe not but almost certainly dead but again a character i don't think anyone really cares enough if they end up bringing him back in a weird and new way Mm -hmm. em empath kind of died in the in-between he had like his head in krakoa and his legs in avalon yeah so does that mean he's now like a cripple <laughs> can they yeah. bring him back down to like the legs to like from the knees up he's okay <laughs> yeah how how's that gonna count Ooh, wild child died over there but that's fine mm -hmm. wild child's like a poor man's freaking saber tooth anyway so no one cares they died yeah, uh, Psylocke dies on Krakoa, so she'll come back. Grey Crow died on Krakoa, so he'll come back. But they won't come back for a while, because you still can't resurrect anyone yet. Yeah, the uh, the healing of the five is down. Uh, Havoc died on Krakoa, too, which leads mm -hmm. to the thing where it's like, okay, if they get resurrected, was there enough brain backup for them to remember that Sinister screwed them all over, or will they not remember? Well, not only that, Sinister's a council member, so and they could easily fuck with the, the memories like they have with other people. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, surely that will be something that we'll actually get to see play out in the Hellions book if you keep reading it. When will they eventually remember? Because Sinister tries to lie and be like, oh no, the Eric Owens, they killed them. Not me, definitely not me. I, I, I'm interested to see, like, what, what will the team be going forward? Because obviously we've got Psylocke, Greycrow, and um, uh, Havoc. Hav Havoc are like the only ones left really alive so we'll just be basically getting a new team yeah we're gonna have to get a couple newbies in there or are we gonna try resurrecting the oldies and see what they become much like uh or how rock slide became something different yeah or they could easily just do something was like well this team failed so this is like a bust we're not gonna have the hellions around anymore they're useless <laughs> 
that could be an option. Again, I, I love the idea that this is just X-Men Suicide Squad, and yeah. like Suicide Squad, rarely are people here forever, so you get to mm-hmm. have new mutants to write about. Yeah, yeah, every, every couple of arcs you get like a new set of characters. That would be really cool. I want to say I looked at uh, one of the solicitation covers, and I want to say Mastermind is on there, one of the Masterminds. Okay. So that would be interesting to have a psychic on their team. Cool, cool. And uh, the next issue, which is Cable 6, picks up almost directly after this with uh, Sinister going to all the other characters who got left behind. And they're like, well, what happened over there? What did you see? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And he says, oh, yeah, we're we're getting fucked. We're losing. Yeah, because they they totally killed my team. So they certainly will kill all the others. And I love he says that and he's right, but he has no way of knowing that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he's all we need to shut the external gate just close it leave everyone who's already there over there because they're not coming back we'll just start again restart yeah we need to gather our war generals and get ready for battle and it's it's basically krakoa the island itself that ends up checkmating him and be like uh no fucking way are you blowing up that gate not while i'm here (laughs) and how i I love that they left such heavy hitters behind that like magneto and xavier and everyone else is still just playing catch up because they didn't get invited to the sword fight yeah they didn't get invited and weren't allowed over into other world to watch (laughs) so they've just literally been sitting there twiddling their thumbs being like so what do you think is happening over there now (laughs) yeah xavier took the time to go tell franklin richards he wasn't a mutant yeah i saw that and everyone's really mad at dan slot this week for that yeah we'll talk about that a little later (laughs) Okay, because I'm assuming you read the book, so you have a lot to say on the subject. I I personally felt indifferent because I'm not reading uh, Fantastic Four at the well, moment. Well, so I'll like, just say else? this: people are just people, obviously shitting on Dan Slott because you know it's popular to shit on him, but mm. also they're taking Xavier's. It's obvious that a lot of these people don't actually read fucking X Men books because I wouldn't no. believe Xavier in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, I, I did read one or two people who thought it was the maker, and I'm like, <laughs> someone's not been reading comics <laughs> for the last couple of years, because you would know it's been Professor X, and he's been acting like a dickhead. But uh, yeah, so it's Cable's turn to fight. Uh, the Cable book, I think, probably being the weakest one we read before, so I had high hopes to see this one and Duggan redeem himself. And literally, the whole joke of this is that when push comes to shove, Cable could not get the job done. No, yeah, he's still a little boy. Uh, and he calls for his parents when he, he gets lives. beaten. <laughs> it, it literally, it is so heartbreaking, and I felt such sympathy for Cable in that moment because he's literally like, "Mom, Dad, the other kids at Sword Camp are being mean to me. Can you come <laughs> and pick me up from other world?" And, and then we get to see that side of like Gene and Scott. They're like, "Oh, my sweet beautiful boy, who hurt you? We'll kick their ass." Oh, it was Doug's new giant wife. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck did we meet? Giant wife? What has happened over there? (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, this issue is actually barely about Cable at all, because it's all building up to the big, uh, the the big SummerSlam feud, White Blade versus Gorgon. Gorgon's not done anything yet, so everyone's waiting for him to do something, and you know it's going to be great. I still can't tell whether it was just lazy writing to have gorgon's points be awarded to th- to like even the map even up the both sides like i can't tell whether that's lazy writing or whether that's actually really damn good <laughs> see i i do actually lean towards that it was pretty damn good i think this is 100 what hickman and howard had in mind where it's like okay we'll introduce gorgon 
He won't do anything, but we know he's a badass, and he'll just sit there being he's a badass. He's the little Asian guy outside he, the front. He's he's literally the little Yakuza guy from Simpsons, and then we'll introduce the White Blade, and we'll set up for multiple issues that he doesn't like the other sword bearers, and that he's only competing under duress to make them look bad. And of course, Saturnine, who again shows all the fights, so maybe she knew this, where basically, uh, what is it, White Blade gave Gorgon the layup, essentially, where it's like, okay, kill just enough of my dudes who I send at you one at a time, two at a time, to even up, and then I'll kill you to protect my own win, and then I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think maybe maybe why I don't particularly like it is that it just, it felt like that, like, I knew it was something like that was going to happen, like, oh, there's mm. going to be some some ass pull that happens that evens out the points and it was that it was cool watching it happen and everything i just feel like it's a little bit lazy you could have just done like a couple more fights or something and have it actually like 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 have the mutants realize that like oh satinine's fucking with this well we'll fuck her with her back and prove yeah. that we're actually quite smart yeah it would have been nice to see the x-men win a victory instead of essentially no, getting most of the x-men don't seem to realize that she's fight like logan's the only one who's realizing that the games are rigged no it's true yeah they're all kind of drinking the kool-aid and going along with it you're absolutely right yeah that's yeah. a fair point though i do say and i hope we get to see this where it's like okay so the other sword bearers never liked white blade white blade allowed them to even it up and when the x-men assumedly win because they always fucking win because it's the x-men book I would love to see them instantly turn on him afterwards and be like, this is your fault, White Blade. We're fighting you now. That or or I think maybe the X-Men might lose and White Blade will come to their aid with his right. army. Yeah, because he seems to, like, not actually care. And yeah, wouldn't it be interesting that White Blade becomes, like, the weird, like, you know, friend to the X-Men? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So perhaps not a great friend and that could keep... be that could be how most of these x-men get resurrected as well because he's got that power he seems to be the only one who can do it without having like he resurrects cypher and there's no problems with cypher it could be one of those things too where it's like yeah i resurrected cypher i can resurrect gorgon too but now i have like two sleeper agents in krakoa so you better not fuck with me because like mm -hmm. i'm actually a big scary bad guy too <laughs> Just just because I'm nicer compared to those other guys doesn't mean I'm all the way nice. Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely directions they could go with it. And obviously, the final match, which they don't even wait for Saturnite to announce. It's like, yeah, 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 we know Apocalypse versus Genesis because this is where the whole thing has been building up to. <laughs> and it's interesting, we still have three issues left. Yes. So is that fight going to have a whole issue or are we just going to go off in a completely different direction for the last three? who knows who knows i mean we'll know sooner or later so i mean so much of this series has like you know uh what is it defied my expectation and saturn i even called it earlier on you know the the lovers will reunite the lovers will get together but does that mean apocalypse forsakes krakoa for his wife and children or does genesis forsake her children and her side and go and join the x-men yeah yeah although they just both wash their hands of everything and go off on their own Oh, yeah, they're like, we're not going to fight, so it ends in a tie. Fuck you, Saturnine, what are you going to do? <laughs> no one wins, but no one loses, and you still have all the same problems you had when you started. Suck it. <laughs> that would actually be an excellent way to stick it to her, because she's like, no, no, you're supposed to kill each yeah. other, though. I, I read it in the cards. I, you're supposed to do this. <laughs> yeah, well, we defy the destiny you've set down for us. Because, <laughs> again, that would be a great way to show they learned. They're like, no, the only way to win a battle against you, Saturnine, is to not play at all. Yeah. 
that's the only way you win by not playing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that could be an interesting way to go. I, I guess we'll see. Uh, are we getting the final three this week, or are they like yes. doing two and then one? No, no, we're getting the final three. Nice, nice. So that's uh, what. What are the final three? Uh, I know there's Exosaurus, Destruction, X Men, and Excalibur. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So yeah, and then we can stop reading three X Men books a week. Though we probably still will because they're pretty <laughs> yeah. solid books. Well, I don't think they come out three week. I think they were they're going back to like their regular schedule, which is like one every now and then, two once a week or something. That's cool. It it will be interesting now moving forward. It's like okay, which one of these am I going to keep reading? Because I can't read them all, and they keep coming out with new ones. I want to read uh, Agents of Sword, and I want to read some of these other ones they're doing. So I'll have to drop some. I, I'm I'm just probably going to read them up until like the 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 fallout for the Exosword stuff finishes. Yeah, and they move on to the next arc. And if the next arc intrigues me, I'll keep reading, but probably not. I'm definitely going to read X Men. Mm-hmm. I'm de- I'm definitely going to read Wolverine, which means yeah. I also got to read X Force because they're basically spiritual books. Love me some Marauders under Duggan. Hellions is super good. That's the problem. They're all fucking good. They're all fucking good, and then the other ones. I will check in on periodically. Yeah. Well, that's... it's really strange. We have we've we've had one new mutants tie in this whole yeah. event, which is really that was... strange. That's right. Yeah. And wait, and one X Factor too. Yeah. Because like X Factor was the newest one. Yeah, and that didn't particularly factor in it all that much either. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> yeah, because those characters weren't even really involved because they kind of got their own shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's solid shit. There's uh, there's your dose of X Men, everyone, and there was there was a lot of it. And holy shit, we're almost at an hour thirty, and we haven't even talked about any other books. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those shows, everyone. What uh, what should we do next, Matt? Uh, we had Death Metal issue five, big yeah, issue yeah. five. Yeah, big big issue five. The heroes finally found out what Death Metal was and why they should care five issues in and multiple months later. Yeah, and uh, we also got the birth of the Omniverse. Yes, yeah, they finally gave it a name, they finally gave it a concept, and basically explained how we get there, and that is like, you know, up until now you've all been trying to use crisis energy to solve your problems, but that's wrong because crisis energy basically knots the universe and knots time, and you know, keeps us from moving forward. What you really want is the anti-crisis energy, which means time is able to move freely and the lines become untangled, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a pretty interesting way of explaining it. Yeah, and I, I love the idea that it was a Superman character who put forth the idea of the omniverse with Lex Luthor putting forth and him being sort of the one who kind of came up with the theory of it basically yeah yeah it's it's Luthor's theory of the omniverse read about it now yeah Uh, I I like to and even though I fucking know it's not going to go anywhere and mean anything I like the kind of like added gravitas they gave to it where Wonder Woman's like, look, I was afraid to use anti-crisis energy because, you know, if the universe has become unknotted and time is able to, you know, move at a regular rate, most of us older heroes are going to die because, in fact, many of us have died several times over by mm-hmm. now. And I don't know which one of my friends would still still be here. Yeah, yeah. They, they mentioned that because she, she first used anti-crisis energy on Perpetua um when they first fought where at the end of that justice league one when they went through that door and it's like Mm. that unseen event that we've only seen in bits um 
in yeah, we, we learned the reason it didn't work is because Diana didn't believe in the truth. Because as we learn, the truth is what will win in the end, and the truth is it's it's always been an omniverse. Which is funny because she is the spirit of truth, so that yeah. she was having her own crisis of truth mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. And also, as we see in other covers later, it's the death metal Wonder Woman with like Golden Age World War Two Wonder Woman. And I'm like, okay, is this how they're going to square that circle where it's like, okay, well, these versions of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are going to die, but Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are, I don't know, like forever in the omniverse. So a version of them will always exist somewhere at some point in time yeah they they have to exist basically because they're the anchors of this universe i'm like you know what that's actually kind of cool to give the versions that snyder has been writing since like his justice league run onward a chance to die because obviously batman says he's Mm -hmm. already dead that's how he was able to use the black lantern ring and uh superman is getting corrupted by uh what was it freaking uh anti anti life he's becoming a dark side yeah, he's becoming a dark side, so like it makes sense, and I'm like, all right, you know, that's that's fine. I can I can dig it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, as well, it's like the, the omniverse isn't something that's new because the omniverse no. existed before, and it's what it what I said is basically is it's reverting the DC universe back to what it was before Crisis of Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. which was um, which is the first crisis and the thing that kind of blocked every, all the uh, all the other like infinite worlds and everything and before that like literally anything could happen in the dc universe and it was all like canon and everything in fact we see multiple earths at the end of this yeah yeah it's it's kind of funny and i will admit it's the one thing that kind of chat my ass just a little bit about this story where it's like okay you just finished a five issue arc where you tried to find crisis energy and that didn't work okay now we need to find anti-crisis energy like okay so now we're back on another fetch quest huh for something completely (laughs) different okay (laughs) then again where it's like that could be anything and uh it, it is pretty cool where Superman's like, well, we got to get all the villains on our side because we got to destroy this Earth so Perpetua can't use it as a crisis energy magnet because our Earth is just a friggin', you know, sounding board for this shit. So to see Superman and all the other evil Superman destroy Earth. That was pretty cool, yeah. That was pretty fucking cool. And Superman being like, look, I need your help. And we don't see it at first, but it flips around and shows all the villains. And it's like, because you're the best at destroying the Earth, guys. <laughs> And they're like, he can't be fucking real. And Penguin with his rock, I've got a yeah, big rock. Yeah, he's sharp rock. Yep, he's going to win the war. <laughs> I have a sharp rock. Man, I bet that's going to come back at some point. And oh, yeah, that's going to be rock. like the thing that like say, he's, 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 like saves Batman or something with a sharp rock. Perpetua gets stabbed in the eye. Ah, sharp rock. <laughs> <laughs> And then Batman, Black Lantern Batman comes back with, like, all the forgotten dead Golden Age heroes mm-hmm. who he resurrected as zombies, and it's all, like, a who's who. Yeah, it's a nice big, like, endgame, like, page. Kind of wish they had, they did, like, like a splash page, because it was set out like a splash page, but it's over, like, two pages where you got to, like, flip through the book for it. Maybe, maybe we'll see it again, because, again, there's only going to be, like, a dozen more tie-ins that I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll see, like, ooh, how did Batman recruit those heroes? You know, who were these Golden Age guys, etc., etc. Yeah, we've we still got, I think, two tie-in, two or three tie-ins coming up. We've got the Jeff John book and mm. all, all this really good shit coming up. Yeah, a lot of them are anthology stories, so surely there'll be something to look forward mm-hmm. to in them. Absolutely. I, I, of course, am looking forward to the Gail Simone Green Arrow one, naturally. <laughs> Maybe we'll finally learn what was in that box. <laughs> man man 
I fucking I'm just going to so. assume it was it was the goddamn death metal. <laughs> like it has to be. Or a, like a shard of the death metal because they mentioned yeah. it was broken into shards and spread throughout dimensions and reality. Because, yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense, and it makes sense that, like, uh, Martian Manhunter would be like, look, if we ever go too far, Green Arrow, use this to literally fix the universe. Yeah, change the universe. I only trust you, you human, you know. Yeah, arguably the most human of all of us to yeah. uh, try and save the universe and make it. And, you know, maybe if Ollie does get to use the death man, I was like, yes, I fixed the universe and made it so I have a book, too yeah the only thing you couldn't fix was was roy <laughs> yeah you couldn't fucking bring back that's, that, roy that's and like his the one thing that it can't do the the power is is too Ugh. it's too weak to do that <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. oh my god yes for the love of fuck bring roy back i would be totally okay with that that you know green arrow got one chance to rewrite the universe and that was his do-over and his mulligan i'm bringing roy back <laughs> and oh look and roy brought his daughter back too cool <laughs> also let's let's da jimiko because she became a fucking teenager between the pages of two books <laughs> <laughs> apparently like uh what is it uh imiko and freaking uh what is it wally 2 flash hooked up at the end of titans and i'm like really that's unexpected okay i mean i wasn't reading that book but when i was somewhat interested it actually looked like they were more putting her and damien together because they were both like assassin tykes yeah yeah no, different writer, different ideas, whatever. Yeah. They're they're going to forget about it in the next run because they forget about everything in Titans. <laughs> if you liked it, don't worry because it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was Death Metal and there was a lot going on. There was, and it was all great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, we had Batman 103. Yeah, continuation of the ghost stories. Yes, yes. More uh, more Ghostmaker. Some dude argued with me in the comments that Ghostmaker wasn't a new character. I eventually had to look into it, and apparently there was a Doug Monet character from Masters of Kung Fu called Ghost No Hyphen Maker, and I'm like, dude, different different character. It's spelled differently. <laughs> Did different fucking company. Yeah, different different thing. Different different thing. Different Ghostmaker, but uh <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, we we get to see a little bit more of Ghostmaker's origin with uh what is it, with Bruce mm -hmm. and how he actually came to him one night on the anniversary of his parents' death and actually didn't attack him right away. Yeah, but wanted to. Wanted to kill him. I I kinda like this characterization for Ghostmaker that is very different from like, you know, Scorn or Owlman or all these other anti Batman characters we've seen before, and that is he kinda doesn't care because it's all just a fucking game to him yeah yeah and that and that's like kind of proven with him like talking about how oh i'm so fucking cool while i was on my plane ride here i like solved mm -hmm. three big crimes and like mm -hmm. like you did nothing batman but then batman's like no motherfucker like you you looked again i i i compared it it's actually quite cool because he only looks at the black and white of things and his costume like, is what <laughs> yeah his costume is black and white there's some symbolism there but yeah he he only ever looks at the black and white of things like oh there's a serial killer well i'll arrest him but batman's like well you can do that but the problem is that he had trophies of all these mm. victims and now the the victims families will never get any closure yeah so like stuff, I, uh... stuff like that like that that batman thinks about you, you never get to hear Batman state his case like this, and I think Tynan is really, really good at mm -hmm. this. We saw it in his detective run, and we see it here, too, especially, where Batman's like, look, I don't always get it right. 
I am not perfect, but I am, believe it or not, the hero that Gotham City needs because I do actually think about these things and my mind is wired <laughs> to this. And if you're an outsider looking in, I understand how you could think that maybe Gotham never gets any better. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things. It's like making a, a fallible Batman. It's, it's where Tom King fucked up, where his Batman mm-hmm. was like like the perfect Batman and like knew knew everything he's had a plan set up for everything you know i'll hit my son and that'll be a code word for something you know stupid shit like that tynan is very good at writing a fallible batman and a batman who isn't afraid to defend himself and not just be like oh because i'm batman no like here i actually thought about this and i actually have reasons for it uh tynan continues to write a very interesting harley quinn too she has a Mm -hmm. great soliloquy in this one about how you know she wants to do different in her life you know she spent so long under the thumb of joker under the thumb of waller and how you know she wants to you know do something that she wants to do and you know the last thing she wanted to do was to be a doctor and help people and she wants to go back to that and she admits that she'll probably never be good enough for batman standards but you know yeah she's trying she's trying She's genuinely actually trying, which of course makes it all the more tragic when Clown Hunter comes to murder her, even after she's given this big long soliloquy that he clearly heard but doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't care because she's in in his eyes she's uh, related to the Joker and she's murdered people, which means now she has to die. Which, ironically, too, Clown Hunter also acting incredibly black and white here and not seeing the shades of gray. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Again, it's like it's like that hypocrisy of Ghostmaker, like mm. like what does him killing Go- Clown Hunter achieve? Like, because Clown Hunter was going to do the exact same thing. It, it you're absolutely right. This is all. These are two characters who are giant hypocrites, and uh, yeah, killing them won't prove anything. But uh, what is it? Ghostmaker doesn't care because again, it's all a game. It's all about racking mm-hmm. up points and everything. Yeah, I think one one upping Bruce and everything. Literally, I think someone in my comment section said it best. Where it's like, you know, Ghostmaker is that guy who used to beat you on the street court, but then you turned pro, and he's still bitching about it all these years later. <laughs> yeah, that he that one time. <laughs> that one that one time time i beat you and i'm like that's a really good way to look at it actually and it's all a game and he's all like hung up on it and everything and i like that because he's not arkham knight he's not scorn he's not all these other characters like oh i have a you know deep poetic reason and you know i'm tied to gotham too no man i'm not from here i'm not from anywhere you don't even know my name or my face i don't even care yeah yeah i'm just in it because i want to do it because i think (laughs) i'm better (laughs) which is pretty solid yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, so that was Batman 103, everyone. Pretty pretty good shit. It was. It was damn good. Yeah, all right. What uh, what else did you have, Matt? I think I have, uh, yeah, I got two more. Who cool. I had uh, the Flash issues 765. Mm, yes, keeping up with this. So, uh, the continuation of the, with this ring storyline with Dr. Alchemy fighting the Flash. Um, the end of last issue, Flash lost his speed force thanks to Dr. Alchemy. Um, and it's not what you think though, because as Flash learns out, learns this issue, cause it, he's fighting Dr. Alchemy because Dr. Alchemy wants to, uh, transmute the Philosopher's Stone that he has its power into him. So he doesn't need the stone anymore. So oh. he's trying to turn himself into a metahuman basically. Interesting. Um, and Flash is trying to figure out how he does that how he's trying to achieve that and in doing so he lost his powers to him um and what we find out is that he didn't actually lose his powers what the villain did was he actually 
uh, transmuted Flash's ring, the light zinium in his ring, into a element that will uh, sort of uh, repulse the speed force and sort of nullify it. And mm. Flash, because he he got the ring stolen and didn't want it, didn't want to take it off or anything, he never considered that it was the ring that he was wearing this whole time that was taking <laughs> his powers. Right, because you had had a whole other story before that about the ring and its importance and everything. Oh, I thought that was disconnected, but it's actually connected to it. Because as we learn, um, Trickster was working for Dr. Alchemy. And mm. he actually, and we learned that Dr. Alchemy didn't need the Flash, he needed Barry Allen. Because uh, Alchemy, Al- Albert Desmond used to work with Barry, he was like friends with him as like a chemist. Mm. um and he knew barry was quite smart at chemistry and stuff like that so he's been trying to find a a uh an element or something that will help block um the power of the the philosopher's stone that will allow him to use it safely because when he uses it what it actually does is it actually transmutes his dna so that he can access the memories of all the past users of the philosopher's stone so like simon magus um zosmosius all these people throughout history and um powerful and that's how he actually learns who barry allen is and how barry allen is the flash because simon magus has the power of foresight and and saw a future where barry allen reveals himself as the flash that's pretty good actually yeah um so um he ends up um what he ended up doing was he ended up hiring the trickster to play that joke on on uh flash where he stole the ring and everything and when he when trickster put these x-ray glasses on on barry he had cameras implanted in barry's eyes so he could see what barry was doing and saw him recreate the light zinium which he then used to shield himself from the philosopher's stone so now he has the philosopher's stone's power without the stone hmm it's, it's, it's really complicated shit. It's really complicated. Uh, but it, it reads really damn well. The, the issue before this one didn't read very well at all. Like, it was all stilted right. dialogue and everything. But then it all made sense once you read this issue. And you're well, like, ah, oh, that's that's pretty smart. That uh, Kevin Sh- uh, Shinnick is doing a good job of um, uh, giving us something new. Because we haven't had Dr. Alchemy in, oh, no, goddamn, yeah. goddamn years. I don't even think Joshua Williamson used him. Or if yeah, he did, he used, him in, he used him in, like, a background character. Yeah, you had said that, which, yeah, obviously could not be easy filling the shoes after the last no. guy had, like, a hundred-plus issue run. Yeah, but, but no, it, it, it's damn cool. I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen next, because, yeah, Barry's now fighting a villain who's who's got, uh, you know, godlike powers. He can <laughs> cha- change literally anything he wants. Hot damn. Yeah. Uh, did you read Spider-Man this week? Uh, no, I haven't read this issue yet. Or well, I've like flicked through it, but I haven't read it. I'll I'll be brief with this one though, because it's funny. Uh, lots of stuff happens, and yet nothing happens in this issue. <laughs> like like literally, the big action scene is a character moving from one room to another room, <laughs> but it's all these little background things that happen that actually make it like super fascinating and also answering a ton of questions people have had. Okay. Okay. So in the last issue, Kindred seemingly broke Spider-Man's neck, yeah? Yep. And as we check back in with Kindred, he's in the Osborne house, right? And we see his wife Liz, his son Normie, and we also see no Harry in the house and no Harry in the bed, which implies, okay, so this is 100% the real Harry, not an imposter, not the chameleon, not his other pre-one-more-day counterpart running around. This is the real McCoy Harry. Okay. 
and he's basically got Spider-Man in another room that he's able to access magically. No, they haven't explained how any of that works yet, but I feel that'll probably be an issue coming up, explaining how the hell Harry got magic powers and was able to hide it for so long. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, again, this is the same Harry, which means when we saw him in Venom and when we saw him in all these other books just being a regular schlubby dad, that was the same guy somehow. (laughs) So that'll be something they got to explain. Uh, He's got, like, uh, Spider-Man tied to, like, this ancient stone slab and shit, like this sacrifice altar. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, oh, it hurts at first. It hurt for me, too, when I came back. And it's like, wait, what are they saying? That he, like, legitimately did kill Spider-Man, but brought him back to life because he's done it before. Just just to prove he could. Just to fucking prove he could. And then, like, it gets even weirder because, like, Spider-Man gets lost in, uh, what is it, in, 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 in his mind, basically. And, you know, he's, like, going through a day and he's trying to talk to people, but they're not talking to him. They're talking like they're reading off a script. Okay. And, like, I figured it out very early. I'm like, wait, why does this scene look so familiar? It's because it's literally a story from 2007 that he's reliving. Oh, nice. And that story was in the brand new day era, and literally the issue he's reliving is when they reintroduced Harry Osborn into the canon after he had died previously and after his deal with Mephisto. Oh, damn. And Harry's sitting there and talking to him in the thing, and ironically, the line that he returns on is, Speak of the Devil. and that's where you know harry basically finally reveals himself as kindred and they have a really interesting kind of back and forth where he's like come on peter admit it you knew it was me all along right you just didn't you just didn't (laughs) want to have to yeah Yeah. you'll say that this is underwhelming but it could only really have been me which i feel is nick spencer talking to the fan base too it's like i know you had lots of theories but come on you knew this was the only way yeah yeah that's true (laughs) And, like, the comic winds down with him saying, like, look, you were so hung up trying to figure out who I was, you never asked the question that I've been trying to get you to answer from the very beginning, and that is, but why? Why am I back? And why am I doing this? It's a good question. And he says, you know, and, and you know, why haven't I killed you yet? Either is the thing, because together we're going to do amazing work, you and I. Ooh. Which I'm like, what does that does that mean? Ending one more day? Does that mean putting everything back to the way it was? Breaking the deal with the devil? What does that mean? It probably does mean that. Also, he 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 said "gotcha" too, as the chat is saying, and that was kind of a famous panel from like his last story as Green Goblin when he did all that shit with like the life model decoy parents yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, there's there's a lot of references in here to, like, the greater Spider-Man mythos and, like, a lot of shit that's come before. God, God help you if you're reading this for the first time through and you have no context for any of this. I have a, I have a feeling there is a lot of people like that who joined yeah. in on, on, on this run, on Nick Spencer's run, and are only now just realizing... Oh, I probably need to go back and read some other Spider-Man stories. There, there is this issue is basically entirely self-reference. Yeah, it's so self-referential, and even I had to go back and look and like, was that really a thing from two? Th- it was a thing from two thousand seven. Okay, damn. So that's a fuck of a thing. I wonder. I wonder where Casada and all the people behind One More Day, where they're feeling about this right now. Because obviously Straczynski walked the fuck off because he didn't want to do One More Day. I wonder yeah, how yeah. he's feeling now at the idea that everything may finally be reversed in some variety. Probably pretty happy. <laughs> I would think so. Took them a long time. They stubbornly stuck to that gun for a very long time <laughs> and tried retconning it away and doing a bunch of things that never quite worked. 
And you got to give them credit for that. They stuck with it for as long as they did. They did before they finally gave fans what they wanted. My theory that I'm still working off of, and is this is how they'll probably explain it, and if I'm right, everyone owes me a Coke, uh, is that because Peter was going to be marrying MJ again because they fell back in love despite all the odds and he had the ring and he was ready to propose, that basically started meaning the devil's deal started breaking down. Yes, uh, he. I think that was what they were implying with it. Yeah, that it was breaking down and all these old memories that Harry had that don't make sense anymore rushed back to his head and drove him crazy and made him become kindred. Which, hey, furthermore, this might also explain why Aunt May has cancer in some of the Spider-Man books, but not all of them. They don't always remember. Yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah, well, oh, this is breaking down and there always needs to be, like, a price. So we'll give Aunt May cancer and that kind of balances it out like there's a counteract to the devil's deal where it's like no 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 you made the deal i'll save your aunt you give me your marriage well cool guess what you're breaking it without knowing it and so because of that your friend is back and crazy and your aunt has cancer again yeah yeah and then maybe that could be like a cycle like it just keeps happening like that wouldn't that be some shit too where it's like if he eventually goes to mephisto it's like well how do i put it back well you can't marry mj that's yeah. the only way. Harry will go back to normal. Your aunt mm-hmm. will live. Will you make the same decision again? Yeah, Wouldn't that yeah. be a fuck of a thing? To put him yeah. in the situation where he has to make that choice again. No, oh, that'd be great. And will fans lose their minds again? <laughs> They're Spider-Man fans. They'll lose their minds over literally anything. Fair enough. Yeah, as the chat says, I forgot May had cancer. I know, right? Because they brought hasn't it up been in talked one about book. It. Yeah, it hasn't been talked about it for a while. In a long time. Peter has had other shit to deal with, but yeah. And and because the book that talked about it came to an end, so there yeah. you go. But uh, yeah, so that was Spider-Man. A lot of interesting stuff happening there. I know issue 60 of this shows him just like fighting, uh, what is it, Mr. Negative again, like nothing is going on. So everyone's like, wait, are they going to finish this story at the end of this? Or are we just going to do something else and then coming back I'd, to it? I'd love if Spencer just does like what he did before. He built up Kindred and then we had all these other stories just take over. And it's just like, like for two volumes, you get two other different stories. Mm. And then he just comes back to it. <laughs> Before we come back, because, yeah, there's, like, a lot of red herrings that I thought were going to be important, but was it? Remember the clairvoyant, that guy who could see the future? Yeah, I thought that was going to come back at some point. The, um, uh, that, that, uh, uh, support group. Yeah, oh, yeah, Carly's support group. I thought that would be way more important. Uh, friggin' Boomerang being his roommate Mm -hmm. and his other roommate dating Beetle. I really assumed that was going to be something. Yeah, yeah, well, hell maybe they are maybe they are and we just haven't gotten there yet oh yeah when 2099 was back weirdly mm-hmm. for a minute though i think that really wasn't much I to think, do with spider-man yeah or to i don't the other think 29 books yeah i don't think that nick spencer had much to do about that like that was just the thing i think marvel wanted yeah that felt like an editorial mandate but yeah that was spider-man it was pretty dope it definitely seems like we're heading somewhere and heading there fast which i like awesome yeah and i had one more book after this what is that? Uh, Venom. Ooh, tell me about Venom. I'm not like a couple of issues behind on this. All right, so this is Venom 30. This is our last regular Venom issue before King and Black. Mm-hmm. So uh, Eddie and his son are still trapped in this weird alternate future where yep. Dylan became evil and uh, took over the world. Yeah, he became Codex. 
he became Codex, and we actually see Codex kind of put all the pieces together this issue, because even he didn't really know what was going on, and he eventually comes to the realization, oh, fuck, this kid is me from another timeline, which means, <laughs> oh, shit, that Venom is my dad who abandoned me because he killed himself, and, you know, is the whole reason I turned evil in the first place. Fuck, I can't wait to kill this guy. <laughs> <laughs> And also, evil Doc Ock is like, yo, we looked at Virus's armor. It's like an old salvaged war machine suit. We yep. think we can, like, you know, backtrace the technology. We actually think we can open up a portal into 616. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and take over that world. And Codex, interestingly enough, is like, that's fucking dope. Because apparently Null is stronger in this world than he is here. Apparently this Dylan never quite made contact with Null. And Null never quite broke free. But Null was, like, working through him. Okay. So he's like, oh, awesome, I can, like, kill my deadbeat dad, go to another universe, and meet God, basically. Oh, no. <laughs> so let's let's do that. And, uh, what is it, uh, Octopus is like, yeah, I can totally build this, like, really quickly, I can build it, like, in a year. And, uh, ironically, at the same time, crazy Rick Sanchez, uh, Reed Richards of this world is like, yeah, I, I discovered a way to build a portal, too, but it's gonna take me, like, five years, though. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm not as good as Doc Ock in this universe. <laughs> I'm more crazy. <laughs> I'm more crazy than I am scientist. And uh, you think like, okay, this is going to lead to a giant punch him up. And it doesn't, it doesn't, because it weirdly becomes a story about letting your trauma go in a shocking <laughs> and really compelling way. Because like, uh, what is it, when Annie, the agent Venom of this world, finds that she's going to be stuck with them for, like, a year, she's like, well, fuck that, I don't even want them here now, because they're reminding me of the son and the husband that I lost. Mm -hmm. And Dylan basically has to show her, like, look, you know, I, I can touch your symbiote and it doesn't die, I'm not that kid, and also, you know, you were so caught up in your own bullshit, you didn't think maybe I like the idea of having my mom back. Yeah, yeah, what does Dylan think of all of this? <laughs> Exactly, and that basically pushes her enough to be like, okay, you know what, we we can't wait all this time for the shit to be built, we're just gonna break into Codex's lair and we're gonna take his machine, <laughs> <laughs> is what we're gonna do, and they get into a big, awesome fight, and Eddie refuses to hit Codex, he refuses okay. to do it, and the symbiote kind of grabs him and holds him, and uh, essentially, Dylan wins the day by combining their two sets of memories, so you basically have one ultimate Dylan who had his mother in his life and his father in his life and that breaks Codex's control over him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, literally love wins the day and they break it down by saying, you know, why? Because we're all stronger together. Oh, that's cool. Which and very true to the symbiote, I'm like, oh holy shit, did did Eddie Brock develop as a character because he didn't solve this problem with violence and talk that to his son? He didn't <laughs> solve the problem he, with he violence. He's not allowed to do that. He's stuck in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Did he actually grow and develop and was this a story about how being a good father paid off because his son made the right choice? What? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, then they stay in that world for a year, and Eddie grows his hair and his beard and gets a new hand and everything. Oh, nice. And then they come back to the 616 universe just as King and Black is starting, and all, oh, all the stars no. are gone from the sky. Oh, no. <laughs> Which, I love Kate's for doing that, where it's like, hey, everyone, here's, like, an actual happy ending in what has mostly been, like, a horror series up until this point, only to be like, oops, I took your happy ending away, and now we're smack dab in a big event. Oh, no, yeah, that starts up this coming week or the next week. It's very soon, because I know this week we had a, um... 
that Symbiote Spider-Man was a King in Black tie-in, which I haven't read yet, mainly because Neither I thought I. that Symbiote Spider-Man book was kind of like separate from everything because it's Symbiote Spider-Man. Like it's set I, in like the, the, the eight nineties or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's I'm pretty sure tied it in. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure this is just their way to try and move more uh, copies of that. I didn't yeah. think King in Black started till December, but I guess it'll be December before we know it. Yeah. Well, next week. <laughs> Fuck time has no meaning anymore. I don't want it to be December. I don't want to do Christmas during all of this shit. <laughs> Everything is bad. <laughs> That's the, the, take that away from this episode. That's the quote, Joel. Everything is bad. <laughs> he said then laughed. But you know it's not bad, Venom. Venom was really good and had a very compelling ending. Cates is doing lots of shocking stuff. Awesome. Awesome. And building characters and ideas and payoffs, and I enjoy it. Nice. Uh, uh, how many more books did you have, Matt? I didn't have any more. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, I guess we'll start winding down the show then, everyone. Thank you so much for coming and listening to us, uh, giving up your Sunday night. We always appreciate it. We hope in these trying, fucked-up times we can, you know, make you laugh. We can distract <laughs> you from a little bit. I know our longtime fan there, KT, said he actually went for a coronavirus test today, and he's like, please distract me while I wait for my results. <laughs> oh, yeah, hopefully they, they come back negative. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can do, buddy. We can do that. We can we can help you out. So, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone. We really Really appreciate it. As always, if you're a patron, uh, you'll get to listen to this before anyone else in audio and video format. You become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. I keep saying we're going to put up the Patreon list, and we really should. Maybe that should be our New Year's resolution. we got to start like actually putting the Patreon's names up. Well, if you send me them, I can put them on the end of the videos. That's, All right. that's it. I'll have to start doing that. Anyone who gets in now will be sure to be part of the first uh, list of people that we put up on screen at the end of the show when we give our thanks to everyone. Yeah. Uh, I think Capes and Quest is coming back this week, so uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube on Wednesday, that means, of course, we'll be doing it the next day on Thursday, so check that shit out if you like. Awesome. So there's some good, good stuff. Uh, I was going to say any new projects or anything coming up, but no one has any new fucking projects nah, now. There's nothing yeah. going on. No. Nah. <laughs> it's every, coming to that time of the time of the year where everything starts winding down. Yeah, every... <laughs> winding down? Nothing's gotten started <laughs> it's, since it's been March. Like that, it's been like that since March, but yeah. Yeah, Christ. Great, so you see we got the COVID depression and the holiday depression and the winter depression all coming together as a super depression, like the Megazord of depression. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do something fun uh, for Christmas, Matt, some sort of special commentary or something. Absolutely, yeah, we'll have to find something to do a commentary on. What's a truly terrible Christmas movie to get us into the spirit? Ooh, we should try it. We should do like a lottery on one of those fucking awful Hallmark films that all yeah. look the same. That all have you the know, same cover. That's that's pretty good. I know. I know. The Christmas Prince is apparently the most popular one that spawned three fucking sequels. Oh fuck! I know. No, uh, no joke, actually. Uh, what is that? I talked Sal from Comic Pop into this. We're going to be writing our own Hallmark Christmas movie because apparently the reason they're able to make a hundred of these every year is because they literally no fucking shit take submissions from anybody. It may, yeah, it makes sense. It really does, doesn't it? They'll take submissions from anyone. And man, if you need a laugh, you got to go check out their uh, their guidelines. Their guidelines are fucking hilarious. Is it like very strict? Like you have to have this character and this character and they have to be both white 
people and <laughs> you, you're, blonde, you're very, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, Christian. They're, Christian. They're, <laughs> they're not so obvious about it, but you're pretty close, actually. They're like, mm, we prefer stories set in America uh, about young, uh, driven women and uh, themes of religion and spirituality. Doesn't matter which one, but you know, yes, we prefer uh, religious messages. I'm like, I didn't think Hallmark was a religious company, but all right, yeah. fair enough. And then what was the other one that, mm, you know, we, we don't like themes of infidelity or violence and everything. No, no magic, but we are open to the concept of time travel. No, no, really. <laughs> That's in there. We are open to the concept of time travel. And I'm like, what the fuck are you, Hallmark? <laughs> what are you even? <laughs> 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 Which again, I'm just like, okay, so I can't have action, but I can't have time travel. <laughs> time travel action. Time travel action. How do we make that work? Ooh, uh, what is there? Uh, detective and sleuthing is fine, but like no like super heroics or anything. And I'm like, oh, that's a shame. So I can't do the Christmas man story that I've wanted to tell for so long. <laughs> I can't have Santa Claus fights crime on the side. A lot of it, though, sounds like it's like, we can do all this, but we have a budget of, like, $20. That's the other thing, too, where they don't say it, but it's like, look, it doesn't matter what you pitch to us. This is going to be made on a shoestring budget, so, you know. (laughs) Got to worry about that. And also, you got to keep it in the Christmas realm. And I'm like, all right, so let's just put all these things in a blender. (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, I I know joke someone said the word they were trying to say Christmas present to me but they said the word Christmas president and I'm like oh fuck me that's the movie right there Christmas president Santa runs for, for president exactly how do we make it work Does is the president someone who falls in love on Christmas or do they get a president for Christmas and they fall in love how, how, how do we make this work and I'm like fuck it we can make this work we can figure it out <laughs> And then they time travel because Jesus comes to them. Yeah, they time travel with Jesus back to the first Christmas. Yes, really? So Jesus can attend his own birthday. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, one it's... of the, the three wise men. <gasps> oh, the Christmas present. I love you, Christmas president. And of course, because, you know, Sal is super quick on the draw, when I said the word Christmas president, he quickly threw out hail to the wreath, and I'm like, fuck it, there's the tagline. This shit writes itself. (laughs) Christmas president, hail to the wreath, coming 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready, everyone. Yeah, it does sound like a mess. They all sound like a mess, Tevia. That's the point. (laughs) Santa. There'll probably be a success in, I don't know, the Bible Belt or something. Which is where they are. It's like, you know, divorced moms and aunts and everything. They're the only one watching Hallmark every night. Yeah, people hopped up on the wine and Xanax at Mm -hmm. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Which I like that as a writing challenge where I'm like, all right, let me write the perfect movie for them. Because apparently those Christmas Prince movies that did so well, the lady who wrote it, like, before she wrote those movies, she, like, tried to be a very serious journalist, so she had, like, a lot of hard-hitting documentary pieces and short films. And then mm-hmm. out of the blue, it's, like, Christmas Prince 1, Christmas Prince 2, Camp Christmas, Christmas, <laughs> Safari, and I'm like, ah, so she saw what I was love, making her money. I love finding things like that. It's like, oh, this person made, like, World War II documentaries about the rise and fall of Hitler. Oh, mm-hmm. and here's one, he, they're, they're doing, like, they're the cameraman on Dance Mums now. Yeah, I know, where it's like, oh, you thought you had a real career, and then you're like, fuck, yeah. you gotta get paid in the shade. 
Which, hey, I'm fine with that. I mean, goddamn Kenny Hotz, man. He started covering the Gulf War and shit. Yeah, hey, it worked for him. <laughs> yeah, it did work for him. Paldemic was all right, but I wanted a little more. That's my only <laughs> problem is, like, can it keep going for another hour, please? Well, if more, pe- if more people watch it, it'll keep going. That's the hope I get. So, all right, everyone. We're going to end the show for real <laughs> now, everybody. We swear. <laughs> Thank you for enjoying this little tangent as much as we enjoyed. And we'll talk to you all next time. All right, see you, everyone. Bye-bye.